Back to Basics, Babies, Bodies and Behavior, a podcast run by Mel Cyril and me, Ulrika Kasselbrandt. And today's episode will be about the postpartum period. Uh, some also call it the fourth trimester. And that's the period after birth with a new baby. And me and Mel just recorded this episode and we... Uh, thought it went great and then I checked my my file and something had happened with the file so it it was gone it was messed up or the file was not it was not working I couldn't listen to it so now I'm recording again um, and it will be just me Uh, but I was the one talking the most I think in the in the last episode and I will bring in stuff that Mel said as well because the plan is to air this tomorrow and we really want to do it so I will record it on my own and I also got Vera with me here who is three months today you might hear her uh, some and I'm really sorry that my microphone messed things up but uh, we're just we're learning as we go doing this episode and uh, I guess we could start. I could start with the definition of, of postpartum and trimester. And I said that there was uh, that it is about the first period after birth, and in different cultures. And I think Mel said in in UK, uh, like you talk about the first four to six weeks, and in some cultures you talk about the first forty days after birth. Um, and uh, a book called The Fourth Trimester, written by Kimberly Ann Johnson, that just came out here a couple of months ago, that I read, I read like half of it. Um, this was very good. I won't read all of it, but I just haven't had the time with a small baby. Uh, I read the first half during pregnancy. Um, and in that book, she talks about the fourth trimester as as long as the first months or the first years actually um but then mel said that yeah but fourth trimester trimester is three months so she didn't really like that definition so we but it's not like a fixed definition i don't think of the postpartum and the fourth trimester they view different different cultures and in sweden i haven't heard actually that we that they talk about like the first 40 days or first four to six weeks or stuff like that we should though um and we have done a lot in the in the pregnancy group uh, that i have been in and um, we've talked a lot about like how to take care of ourselves during postpartum and stuff like that and we were doing preparations but in sweden in general in general i don't feel that we talk about it that much as we should so in this pod we will um, and I want to talk about how the first weeks was with Vera here. Now she's three months, but um, I had a home birth with her. I had hospital birth with my two other children that are now seven and nine. But with Vera, it was a home birth and it was very, um, it was calm and it was, uh, I had two midwives and a doula that helped me out and gave me support and also my partner was also there uh, and my partner um, received Vera with his hands when she came out and I think that was a great experience for him 
uh, and that was a nice experience for me as well. I give birth in the in the bathroom, and um, the midwives just gave me enough support. Uh, they were there in the end, and the the doula was helping out a bit pre- previous to that, and it was a quite fast birth. Not not too fast. It was just fast enough, and um, so I had the time to be in the in the process of giving birth. Um, and we got the first couple of hours on our own. The midwives and the doula left us alone, and uh, we could just me and the baby and my partner just um, get to know the baby and just uh, cuddle with her. And she was searching for the breast, and I had a plan to wait it out so she could crawl to my breast, the golden hour. But she got really irritated and was crying, and my my mama heart couldn't wait for her to get to the breast as I know she wanted to, so I actually helped her out, um, even though I wanted to wait. But I just, in my heart, I just couldn't because I know what she wanted, and she was really, she got really angry. Yes, uh, and breastfeeding actually worked right from the start. She knew what to do and. Um, the milk came in quite fast or it took a couple of days and um, she was very satisfied with that as well and uh, it was very very warm when I gave, gave birth it was like the warmest day in Sweden and it was in the afternoon uh, so it was quite hot it was 34 degrees outside I think and we had 28 29 degrees in the apartment and luckily it was windy so during birth i could have the doors and the windows open and we could get in some air and then when she was born we closed the the windows it wouldn't be too much air on her and then we were all in an incubator kind of so skin to skin was really easy the first couple of weeks actually um because having clothes on was just too much we had eight twenty eight degrees inside for the first couple of weeks and 26 degrees during night so it's like was no worry for her to be cold or anything and um, so I was in my panties and she had a diaper on and Vera was really she pooped a lot in the beginning like 14 times a day or something so I felt that going about without the diaper wasn't wasn't uh, it was too much uncontrolled washing to do (laughs) if she was without the diaper she would she would poop even though she just farted and um so she had a diaper on but i realized that i that having a, a cloth diaper on and like the the diaper pants the outer shell it was like a hindrance of her uh, communication for elimination you could say or it was i could not see when she was peeing because of the outer shell of the cloth diaper um and it was too warm to have, I was feeling it was too warm to have disposables on because the disposables had this line that got blue when she peed. So it, it's been a way to see if she's peeing or not. So that kind of disturbed me that it was more difficult to see if she had peed or not since I'm into this elimination communication and wanting to, to learn her signals. Uh, I was offering uh, the toilet and, and the sink from the get-go like from this from the first or the second day um i maybe was the second or the third day yeah and she was pooping some in the sink and in the toilet 
but pee was a bit more tricky to to see when she wanted to pee and so on uh, but then when she was a couple of weeks old i i only had her in like a cloth nappy uh, like the the square nappy so nothing nothing to cover that and then i could feel that i could see it directly right away when she was peeing and then i realized that so I did this for a couple of hours during the day, like a diaper-free observation. And then I could see that she was actually uh, signaling for wanting the breast, like searching for the breast every time she needed to pee. So a way for me to understand that she needed to pee was to to look out for when she searched for the breast, actually. Um, and this was this is quite interesting, I think. And Mel thought as well when we had our talk before when the mic didn't work um, that babies can signal for the breast uh, and wanting the breast and then when you give them the breast it's easier for them to pee as well if it's if you if the baby signals it needs to pee in some other way and then you offer the potty and and the baby has a difficult time to relax you can offer the breast and they will uh, feed and, and then they will pee or poo because uh, it's easier for them to to pee and poop especially during like growth spurts or sickness or teething or or when they have the development phases like during like five and eight weeks it was very obvious with Vera that she had a more difficult time to relax to pee um, but this thing with her wanting the breast when she was needing to eliminate um and signaling this way, I think I found it very interesting also because it was like that she was signaling or getting the breast um, and signaling for it, but she needed to pee, and but this kept her fed. So it was not it was not the hunger that was the driving force to get the breast. It was uh, the feeling of needing to eliminate it was the driving force to get the breast, and this kept her fed. Um, and for me it's like it's very clever of like the body of the baby's body to to do it like this because it really helped with like milk production production Ay. <laughs> she grabbed my nipple it really hurt she got some nails there yes you got some nails there um, and uh, sorry I'm just gonna cover my breast like that okay so I have her in my lap anyway um, and now I lost myself hang on there I'll get back yeah anyway it was interesting to to see this yeah it's clever of, of nature to or, or of the body to do it like this that uh, even the need to eliminate can help with like milk production and, and get the milk going and help stabilize uh, the breastfeeding actually but then when she was on the breast i could uh, she could have a difficult time to latch on properly or she would be like hacking on the breast she would take it and suck a little bit and then she would let go and suck a little bit and let go and suck a little bit and let go and then i would know like okay she needs to pee that's what what this this wanting the breast was this time so then i would hold her over the sink 
uh, and then she could pee and then she could continue breastfeed if she wanted to and, and I've got a list here with small with things that I wanted to uh, bring up and skin to skin is something that I want to bring up and that was really easy since it was so warm in our house it was like an incubator um so we got a lot a lot of skin to skin and what was interesting um was that since it was humid and I was sweating and she was sweating a bit or we were warm the friction between us was insane um I think the friction was helping out a lot more in caring than than her reflexes actually. So I was walking around some and, and having her uh, and I was breastfeeding her at the same time like in a cradle position. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, the friction between us then was was really helping out with with her staying put and I also had like a, a tummy still so that also helped out I could put it on the tummy and we had the friction and I was holding her in my arm even though she was 4 kilos when she was born so she was quite large yeah she was a big baby and uh, what was interesting to see was also that she was already a bit spread out like when you look at the small newborn babies legs are usually very curled up and she wasn't and she was born like 40 plus two so she was a she was a term baby just about exactly term baby and with four kilos and and i think maybe also the heat also made her spread out a bit more or that what i read is that if it's hot it's a way for the baby to cool down is to spread out the body so she was not totally spread out, but she was not curled up, really. Maybe like the first hour she was curled up, but not that much uh, after that. Yeah. I think she's a bit tired now. Yeah. And it got so obvious also that, uh, that the breast is so much more than feeding. And, and, uh, okay, I don't have to say that. Cut that out. And since I'd read so much about in arms and, and all of that before she came, like the past year, I've been really into that and interested in it. It was, of course, I was curious about how that would also be with Vera, the in arms carrying. And I found the in arms caring. It was, uh, it really felt like the right thing to do. Was because it was so warm. It was too warm to have her in a sling. Um, she got too hot, and I got too hot. Um, uh, when she was in a sling during the day, I just tried for uh, one or two times, and I was like freaking out because it didn't feel comfortable. It didn't feel safe for her either because she was she got so warm. So during night we could, uh, uh, I carried her in a sling at times just for short walks outside the house and she um, would breastfeed in the sling because she wanted to breastfeed all evenings and uh, all all the time during the evenings and so we walked around and I was feeding her in the sling.
And since she was so wobbly, it actually felt more safe in my arms as well, or I felt more comfortable. Maybe it can be because I've got so used to handling her, handling her in my arms uh, those first couple of days that that felt more comfortable than actually having her in the sling, like I did some nights. Um, I also realized that when I carry in a, in a sling, or a, I'm not, I'm not a no hands, no hands carry person I use a hand I use a I've used a hand a lot for her neck or uh, like using a stretchy wrap and these two-way stretches really make a lot of bounce when you walk I really want then I really been wanting to hold a, a hand on her as well um, so I realize how much I think that the, uh, the hand or hands can be a part of carrying with with the um, stretchies and and bowmans and other carriers as well and um, for the in arms i used a lot the cradle position to hold her but also the shoulder hug and also to hold her on the front and um, uh, it was really clear that the shoulder hug is such a much more active carrying position that she could be active and she could practice uh, lifting her head and looking around and stuff like that from very very early age uh, and then the cradle hold was much more for like breastfeeding on the go but we were not that much on the go but we were on the go in the house kind of and then, then also holding her on my chest as well uh, I did but I could feel that to have her up on my shoulder was really good for my back. Uh, that was like the best position because then I was much straighter. Um, I didn't fall into like hunching like I could do with the cradle hold. Uh, so I felt that uh, the shoulder hug was beneficial in that sense as well. That I was could be much more. Um, I had a better alignment actually. Um, yeah, Vera was tired. Now she is about to go asleep on the breast here. And um, something that I found important that I know beforehand is important is, is rest during the postpartum period. Um, it was very warm, as I've said, so I needed, I think, even more rest, maybe. And uh, it was a bit difficult to, like, eat enough and uh, drink enough water and stuff like that. Um, but with my first two kids, I didn't think about that much that I needed a rest. With my first two kids, I didn't think that much that I needed a lot of rest. Uh, but with Vera, I really, I was much more into, like, okay, I need to do a lot of resting during the first weeks and during my pregnancy I have been I was meeting these women this pregnancy group uh, that I have that I am have been in and still are in now we meet with our babies now all the babies are born we're seven um, seven of us and um, we talked a lot about the postpartum period and we were reading books and uh, some of the women were preparing for unassisted births. It was their first birth as well. For them, there was the first birth. 
and uh, so they were reading a lot about how to prepare for the postpartum period but it also made me uh, see it from another viewpoint and also like okay how can you prepare for it and and um and stuff like that which was also difficult because my experience of my two first birth has been was different and also what i felt that i needed was also different comparing to the to two first births and i can wish now that during the or i can see now that if i had taken care of myself a lot more after my second my second son's birth uh, i probably or i might not have been so exhausted as i was um, later on um i think i just i did too much too soon um with my second uh, child and then i also had a two year old or a baby that was going to turn to um so it was uh, it was very exhausting and um and a lot of cultures really recommend a woman to rest and not to do any household chores chores and uh, that you should um, only take care of the baby and other people should help you with food and and stuff like that and taking care of all the children and, and so on and in sweden i guess we got these 10 days that you can get off from work for the partner and it's, it's the same in the uk i understood and um and that is great and and uh, that was great for me as well and we also had like summer vacation so my partner could stay home for three weeks actually the first three weeks i'm very thankful for that but it was tough on him uh, as well to like take care of everything else i was taking care of the new baby and he was taking care of the household and and cooking food and stuff like that and it was very warm as well so like putting on the oven for lunch and dinner was not uh, it didn't feel really like you want to go swimming you don't want to stay at the <laughs> stay home and cook um and he didn't either so he went out with the other kids but they, cause they couldn't stay in the apartment it was just too warm i could stay with vera in the apartment because it was like an incubator and we were just laying down doing like feeding and sleeping and having a cozy time actually and just resting uh, but the boys and my my partner uh, they went out uh swimming and doing stuff during the day and they came back during the after on during the afternoon and they would and sometimes my husband was just too too tired actually to wanting to cook and i was and i had to tell him like okay but that's like the main thing right now i need food <laughs> that's like you have to prioritize that uh but it was tough on him and i think that he it would be great if he if we would have prepared more uh so it wouldn't be so much work for him actually and um i wish i would have like asked for a postpartum doula or something that arranged with a postpartum doula but it's not it's not been that common common in sweden uh i wish it was maybe it can be after this show i don't know if people can to know about that you can actually hire you can hire a doula for your birth to help with your uh, to be supportive during birth um uh, but you can also have someone uh, helping you out 
with whatever you wish but it could be like household chores or with all the children or cooking food or giving advice about breastfeeding or it can be just anything that makes me you to be able to rest a lot more um so that i wish i would have actually realized that i that I, that could have been that i could hire someone to be a postpartum doula and even though it's not that common in Sweden, I know that there are women working as postpartum doulas, and you can search for it, search for it on the net. I think you could find people writing about it on like their web page, or you could just ask any doula if if they also could think of uh, being your postpartum doula, or you could um, ask your doula if you have a doula to to ask her network if she knows any postpartum doulas. Or could take on that role. Um, something that I think is important to to discuss also is like um, how easily both the mother, the new mother, and the baby is overstimulated actually, and um, for the baby, at least with Vera, it's. If she's overstimulated, it's like if it's too many that, especially during the first weeks and when she was around like six, seven, eight weeks when she just had started to smile, give smiles. If people really, uh, that she didn't know, she hadn't seen before, or hadn't seen or didn't like see every day, would try to make her smile or like play with her or hold her even she would cry during night it was like that was just too much for her mm. she's been very clear from start that she prefers to be with me uh, she really wants to be close to me and maybe she can be with her dad for a couple of minutes or maybe up to an hour I think it's been maximum the other day here uh, but she really like after that she's like okay where are my breasts? Where is my mommy? And uh, and when we talked about this just a couple of hours ago, when me and Mel were doing the recording, uh, Mel um, emphasized on that uh, this really shows on like the 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 primary caregiver, like that the the kids are kind of programmed to have a primary caregiver, and you can have several. Uh, maybe or you can the baby can have two maybe but a lot of time it's it's one and usually the the one giving birth most of the time uh, are like a primary caregiver that's really um that is like the first person that the the baby really gets to know and are close to and and it's also since like me i've been i'm with vera almost 24 hours a day maybe her dad will have her for 15 minutes or something during the night or maybe up to an hour sometimes but um then i really get to to know her i get in tune with her and and also as i said to mel that it was very clear that during the development spurts like now at 12 weeks she's she's in and also at like eight weeks and five weeks and she's been even more keen to to be with me uh, and not to be that far away from me and and that's kind of logic as well as well because then 
for her the, the world unfolds and it's a new uh, new challenges for her and she's learning a lot of new stuff so of course me then is her uh, where she feels more or she can find comfort with me and the breasts and and um, to calm her and and like um, I'm this uh, my body is very much the center of her world uh, and but also during development spurts is also she's learning new stuff so it's up to me also to learn her new signals and her new communications and her new ability uh, so it's also good for me to be able to to be with her a lot because then I mean you need time with the kids to pick up on okay uh, what are they doing now how are you communicating uh, and stuff like that and something that's also that might be of course obvious but that even got more clear is that you need also practice and time to ha to handle the baby in your arms like if you want to be literate at, at handling your baby like carrying the baby in arms and also like in a baby wearing and stuff you you have to do it um and just having the baby laying flat on his back in his stroller all day long won't make you feel more comfortable with carrying your baby in your arms like handling in your baby in your arms um so you need to do it uh to like practice makes perfect kind of not there's not like you have to get perfect at, at carrying your baby it's just it's more like a, i see carrying your babies is it's like a dance um you get in tuned with each other and uh, in the beginning maybe it's, you feel a bit uncomfortable and you might step on each other's toes and whatever but then after a while you really get it flowing and then that is um a wonderful feeling and experience and of course if you have several babies you are more <coughs> into kind of the language of of caring um, when you get your third and fourth and fifth child of course but uh, every child is also unique with their muscle tone and what their preferences and stuff like that and and like my body has also been changing during the nine years that I like my first kid. I, it was nine years ago I had my first kid, and now I'm older. Um, so of course my body changes as well, and my preferences as well. Yeah, but the, the yeah the overstimulation part. I also think it's with the mother also that it was so got so so clear to me that how sensitive you are during the first weeks the first months um but there's a period of like six to eight weeks i could feel like after six weeks it was at like there's it's a transition period but like after six weeks i could feel that i was getting into another phase and also like after eight weeks i was feeling more healed my body was stronger i could feel that i was more back on track and my pelvic floor i I didn't feel like the heavy feeling in my pelvic floor anymore and and I was not so sensitive either to like other people's comments and stuff like that and uh, there is there is a great thing with being so sensitive then you I mean are, are more open to to the new baby's signals and you're more 
open to you really like um, you're like a sponge to be able to suck in uh, you're sensitive to your baby's communication and so on so it's a it's a point of nature to to have that in the beginning but it also makes you really vulnerable um, like your mental health is more vulnerable um, and I think that's why it's important also with the resting period in the beginning and not to be like go out and about too early just um, and I think I didn't rest enough I rest a lot and I'll rest a lot more than I did with my my other two kids but I think that I could have rested even more I know when Vera was I think a week old actually we I went with um, my partner and the other kids just for a small outing and um, and my partner had said that yeah it's it's forest there so it's fine you know it's where you will have shadow you'll be able to sit in the shadow because it was just so warm in our apartment I just couldn't stand it but when we got to that forest place and my um, to the forest and my the rest of the part of the family was swimming and me and Vera were trying to find shadow anywhere. I was sitting there crying because it was so difficult to find shadow and it was windy and I was sitting with her in my lap and I was hurting. My pelvic floor was not feeling comfortable and I could just, oh, it was such a mess. So then I, even though it was just a small outing, it was just too much for me anyway. I should just have stayed at home anyway. Like Mel was saying that she had been on an outing and, and after coming back uh, she started bleeding a lot more and, and stuff like that so I think you have to be really careful it's very beneficial for you if you're careful during the first few weeks um, you really do a lot of resting uh, and also for the mental health and something that was really really giving me a lot of energy and really giving me a lot of love was that I got support from some of my friends that I some some of my friends have contacted me and said like if there's anything you need food or anything just just tell us you know and we'll come and, and get you food or whatever and I was like no no I'm fine this was maybe like the first days after birth and my partner is you know cooking and it's fine and everything but then after like two weeks, I'm like, man, this doesn't work anymore. I'm hungry and my husband is exhausted. Or in Sweden, we don't, it, I just live with my partner. We're not married. So that's why I say partner. But sometimes in Sweden, it's called sambo. Anyway, I should call him partner, not husband. Um, He was exhausted. And um, so then I sent him an SMS and like, okay, I would love if you could come with food. I need food. And they did. And I could fill my freezer with their food. And I'm just... It was like having love in my freezer. Uh, and I got nettle tea and some herbs. And uh, I was just like... I will remember that for the rest of my life. Uh, most definitely. Um, and that's just, just such an easy thing to do actually. Um, for other women that just have given birth. Just go and deliver food and if they want company and if they want to like talk about their birth experience um you can listen but otherwise not expect to be invited and not expect to get coffee or anything um because i mean and sometimes you can want to have company as a, a new mother but 
for me it was very important just to have company that really was easy for me to digest kind of they didn't want to like oh i want to hold the baby and please serve me coffee and oh i have all these problems that i'm gonna share with you it was so much more like i was in focus and i could talk about my birth experience or whatever i needed to um and so on so we didn't actually have that much uh visitors during the first couple of weeks because i just felt that i needed to be with Vera and just with her siblings and my other kids there and just and my partner and just us just um, finding our way into this new situation um, but I really really appreciate women that came with them with food and and support and love that was just amazing the, with getting food at the doors it's really amazing I, and I really wish that that would be a tradition that we could start in Sweden uh, it probably was a tradition um, years way way back that you gave like food to uh, the, your neighbor who just got a kid or anything but I think that you gave food to your neighbor who got kids and, and relatives and stuff like that but I really think that 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 would be such an easy thing to do it just cook some extra food if you're cooking food and then just deliver to to the people that just gotten birth it would be so much appreciated yes okay so i will end this episode now and um during the next episode that will be a postpartum part two um episode seven um me and Mel will answer some of the questions that we got for this episode because I before this episode I asked uh, on my Instagram account just like listeners out there uh, what would you like us to talk about concerning the postpartum period and we got some questions and we will answer that in the next episode some of them I have touched upon here but we'll talk me and Mel will talk more about them and some other questions that we got during the next episode okay so thank you bye